0: I'm on your touch. We are thankful and grateful we thank you for an opportunity to hear your word we pray lord that you minister to our hearts let the spirit teach us we thank you lord for giving us of your spirit the great teacher the advocate let him speak to us this morning this afternoon in jesus name amen, amen. clap your hands together for the lord and you may be seated. We, um, we are coming to the end of a long series of messages that we have been sharing. We've been sharing about the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. And um, I believe that um, I believe you have been blessed from this series. I, I hope you have learned something from this series. The spirit of wisdom. And um, today we want to continue. And I want us to read our foundational scriptures. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. It says, exalt her. And she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor. When thou dost embrace her, she shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1 it says Wisdom hath builded her house, she hath hewn out her seven pillars she had killed her beast amen Amen. wisdom had builded her house wisdom had builded her house and she had hewn out her seven pillars and she had killed her beast Amen. amen so we are saying that wisdom builds house wisdom builds the home it is through wisdom that a house is built it is through wisdom that a home is built And it's through wisdom that it is maintained. Hallelujah. So wisdom hews out pillars to maintain the home, to maintain the house. You need wisdom, the wisdom of God. Now, we are not talking about the wisdom of this world. If you listen to all the things that we are sharing, you realize that it is not the wisdom of this world. Wisdom of this world will not maintain your home. Amen. Amen. The wisdom of this world will not hold your home standing. But we are talking about the wisdom of God. Amen. 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 So we've been sharing about some few pillars. And we talked about, one, we said, kill the beast in your home. Kill the beast in your home. Amen. And two, we said, a firm decision not to divorce. Amen. A firm decision not to divorce. And three is the pillar of order. The pillar of order. That there needs to be order in the home. And number four, we said the pillar of the presence of God. The pillar of the presence of God. And number five, we said the pillar of trust and loyalty. Trust and loyalty. And I believe we talked about the last time, and we say we talk about the spiritual dimension, the spiritual dimension, hallelujah, amen. amen. So that is what we've been talking about, the spiritual dimension. There is a spiritual aspect of us, amen, that we need to maintain also in the home. And last week we were saying that the man and the woman cannot just exist as husband and wife. Now the message that we are sharing, you see, we use marriage because marriage is the institution that God began mankind. Do you understand? So when God began with mankind, it was through marriage, it was marriage that was the unit, the foundation of the church. That is why we always visit marriage and we... So if you are wise and you take this message seriously, you realize that it cuts across all forms of relationship. Do you understand? It cuts across all forms of relationship. So we are saying that the man and the woman cannot just exist as husband and wife that we know or the man and the woman that we know, but there is also a spiritual aspect to them. And last week we established that to have that spiritual dimension, you have to have a personal relationship with God. You have to have a personal relationship with God, and two, you have to have a commitment or obedience to the word of God. A commitment to obey the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you learn that? Yes. That we say, we establish also that before the wife came in, before the wife came into the man's life, the man had relationship with God. Adam had a relationship with God before Eve came into the scene. There was God before Eve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we also said that Adam also, Eve also had a relationship with God before she met Adam. Eve was walking with God. You read a scripture in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. We said, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meat for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto the man to see what he will call them and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Verse 20. It says, and Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meat for him there was not found and helped meet for him and the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall upon adam it is god who caused a deep sleep to fall upon adam and he slept and then he took one of his ribs one say one, one. tell the next man one 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 rib tell the next say god could have taken three ribs or four ribs and make four different women. Don't you think God could have done that? But God took one rape. one, just one. He says, and the Lord and says, and He slept, and He took one of His ribs, and closed up the flesh instead of. and the rape which the Lord God had taken from man. Made he a woman and brought her unto the man, and brought her unto the man. You see, so it was God who walked with Eve, taking her through the garden wherever Adam was. God had taken the rib, he has gone whether to heaven or wherever his lab is, and then he had created the woman, and then from the lab. He's coming with the woman. So, all the while, God was testing, God was checking. Can the woman speak? Can, if when she was created, she was a grown woman, ready for marriage. You see, she was ready. Because there was no mother to raise her and show her how to cook, how to sweep, how to clean. Everything was placed in her. Do you understand? Ready for marriage. isn't that so, and then the Lord brought her. We don't know even maybe we don't know how long Adam was asleep. Did the Bible tell us Adam was under general anesthesia? And we don't know. Perhaps God was teaching Eve all this while, making her a help meet for Adam. We don't know, but God prepared Eve enough that she was ready for marriage and so all the while God had a relationship with Eve Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you God had a relationship with Eve and God said she's ready she's ready to be a help meet for this man so God walked with Eve and Eve followed God the only voice that Eve knew was God's voice to say take left, take right straight on, stop here move on, there's a bridge ahead let's cross God led Eve to Adam. He says, and he brought her unto the man. And then verse 23, he says, and Adam said, ha, this is now bone of my bones. He doesn't know where it came from. But when he woke up, he said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Wow. Hallelujah. Because she was taken out of man. And verse 24. The therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. And shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. Not unto his mother. Not unto his aunt. Not unto his uncle. But unto his wife. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says. And they were both naked. The man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. Hallelujah. So these two people had separate relationship with God before they came to meet each other. Hallelujah. And we realized that just as God brought Eve to Adam, we didn't hear of God telling them anything else. We didn't hear of God teaching them how to live. It means he never intended to leave them alone. He intended to be with them. The different voices that they both knew were God's voice. To each one, they knew God's voice. Adam had never spoken to Eve before. The first word that came from his mouth is, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my. And then he gave her a name, a nickname, Woman. Amen. And so these two people had different relationships with God, separate relationships with God hallelujah so the fact that you are married does not mean that now you should forget about God the fact that you have found a man that says you are born of my bone and flesh of my flesh does not mean that you should leave God aside and brush God aside because now you have found your lover do you know what is a lover Before your husband, there was God. Before your wife, there was God. Before you came together, you had a relationship with God. Amen. So marriage should never take away God from our lives. Marriage should not take anyone away from God. Marriage should not stop you from talking to God. The fact that you found someone you love does not mean you should stop talking to God. That my wife is not my wife is not coming so I'm not coming. My husband is not coming so I'm not coming. You know my husband says I should not come to church so I'm not coming. Who is your husband? Who is he? Who is he is he God? No. no one should lose their relationship with God because of a marriage. No one. Marriages, they come and they go. Marriages come and go. But God will always be God. The Bible calls him the ancient of days. He is always God. Hallelujah. Your husband's voice should never take precedence over God's voice. Neither should your wife's voice take precedence over God's voice. God's voice should be the proton in your life. Hallelujah. It should be the proton in your life. If your husband is saying something that does not coincide with what God has told you, you don't have to take it. So also, if your wife is saying something contrary to what God has told you, you do not have to take it. When Adam magnified the voice of his wife, Above the voice of God the problems that came upon him affected generations after him you see that is why that is why some people say oh woman is evil be careful of woman stay away from woman and live long and all kinds of things you see but that is a foolish speaking that is not a wise speaking. The woman is not evil. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The woman is not evil. What it is is that anytime time you magnify any other voice above the voice of God, that thing becomes evil. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That thing becomes evil. Whenever you magnify anything, anyone's voice, above the voice of God, that thing becomes evil. It's not a woman who is evil. It is you who has magnified the woman's voice above God's voice. And you have made evil the whole situation. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? When Adam magnified the voice of his wife above the voice of God, it drove them out of the garden. And mind you, I said it drove them, them, Out of the garden it drove both of them out of the garden whenever you magnify another voice above the voice of God your home ceases to be a garden your home ceases to be a garden now what is a garden what is a garden to the family what is a garden to the family you see, because the Bible says, and God made Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden. He placed them in a garden. So what is a garden to the family? A garden is a place of refreshment. Have you seen a garden before? Garden, I'm not talking about your kokoyam garden and your, your garden eggs garden and cassava garden. I'm talking about a garden of beauty flowers. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So a garden is a place of refreshment. A garden is a place of relaxation. That is what a garden is. It's a place of peace. A garden is a place of peace. A garden is a place you would want to be. Hallelujah. It's a place of serenity. When you are in a garden, there is serenity around you. That is a garden. That is God's plan for a home for a family. A garden is different from a forest. Isn't that so? Yes. A garden is totally different from a forest. In a garden, there are beautiful flowers. There are beautiful trees instead of wild trees. In a garden, there are beautiful butterflies. Have you seen butterflies in a garden? They move from flowers to flowers. Butterflies do not go on wild trees. In a garden, there are beautiful butterflies. Outside of the garden, in the forest, there are snakes and lions. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Outside of the garden, there are snakes and lions. Lions. So, this is God's choice of a home for a family. But you only get to keep it if you make his voice take precedence in the home. Amen. You only get to keep it if the voice of God takes precedence over every other voice. You only get to keep it if you magnify the voice of God in that home. Adam listened to the voice of his wife instead of God, and they both lost the garden. Hallelujah. I said, Adam, he listened to the voice of his wife instead of the voice of God. And their home changed from a garden to a forest. Their home changed from a garden to another setting. But they were still alive. Do you understand? They were still alive. There are many people who are married, but they are not living in a garden. Many people are married but they are not living in a garden because the voice of God is not in the place. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17. Let's, do you have the common English version? The common English version. He says, And unto Adam he said, are you listening? Are you reading with me? You don't have the common English version. It's okay. Okay. Since you don't have it, I will just read it to you. He says, And unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened. Because thou hast hearkened. Haken means because you have listened. Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Are you reading with me? We are talking about the voice of God in the home. And the Bible says, And God said unto Adam, Because, this is the only reason, because you have hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and has not eaten of, and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, of which I spoke to you, of which you heard of my voice, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. But because you hearken to the voice of your wife. Because you hearken, because you listen to the voice of your wife. Instead of my voice. Mm-hmm. Instead of my commandment. Instead of what I told you. Because you listen to your, 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 your wife's voice. It says, thou shall not eat of it. I to- commanded you not to eat of it. And because of that, it says, curse is the ground for thy sake. Yes. Curse is the ground for thy sake. And he says, in soul shall thou each of it all the days of thy life. Let me read a um, common English version to you. Genesis chapter 3. Oh, do you have the um, oh, contemporary English version? Contemporary. Do you have that? You have to update your your Bible. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 3. Okay, I'll find, I have one here. It says, I have it. Verse 17, it says, the Lord said to the man, you listen to your wife. This is what the Lord said. said, You listen to your wife and ate the fruit that I told you not to eat. You listen to your wife and ate the fruit I told you not to eat. And so the ground will be under a curse because of what you did. As long as you live, you will have to struggle to grow enough food. As long as you live. You suppress the voice of God. And you listen to the voice of your wife. He says as long as you live, you will have to struggle to grow food to eat. Your food will be plants. But the ground will produce thorns and thistles. You want salad, but you have thorns. You know what are thorns? And thistles. They poke you when you are trying to eat. He says your food shall be plants but the ground will produce tons and thistles. Some of you don't even eat plants. You don't eat plants at all. But you have to eat plants. You have to eat plants. You're running out of animals in the planet. So you have to eat plants. Or you are trying to defile the case. The scripture says you will sweat all your life to earn a living. Wow, you will sweat all your life to earn a living amazing because you listen to your wife. Because you listen to your wife now, life outside of the garden is a life of struggle. When they sin, when they disobey the voice of God, when Adam magnified the voice of his wife above the voice of God. They were driven out of the garden and outside of the garden he said you will struggle all of your life. Anytime one of your voices becomes stronger in the home than the voice of God you will struggle all of your life. Oh yes. Your home ceases to be a garden. In the garden there is provision from God. Isn't that so? The Bible says, God said, you may eat all of the fruits. Any of the fruits, except the one that is in the middle. In the garden, God makes provision. Outside of the garden, the ground is cursed. You have to struggle. You have to dig. You have to struggle to grow just enough food to eat. Outside of the garden. Look at small preaching that you are preaching. Sweating outside of the garden, sweating, struggle. You have to struggle just to have enough to eat. He says, verse 18. Verse 18, he says, verse 18, he says, Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Thorns and thistles. Now, if thorns and thistles are growing out of your land it means you are going to be hungry so outside of the garden there is hunger there is hunger there is no happiness outside of the garden there is no happiness most married couples are not living a happy life most married couples they are not living a happy life one time a, a pastor was talking to a young lady and then as they were talking, the young lady was complaining. Complaining about her marriage. And then the pastor said, oh, but the way I see you and your husband, the way you go about, come, I see that you are, you, you, you're supposed to be very happy. And then she said, pastor, I am married not as a happy woman, but I am married peacefully. So the pastor was, he said, what Andy, He said, I'm married peacefully. So he says, what does that mean? He says, I don't complain. I don't say anything. You say you want to eat, what do you want to eat? You say you want to eat plantain. I take the plantain. Here, plantain. Peacefully. I don't complain. You want to drink soup? Okay, soup. Here. I am tired, but you know I am tired. You say you want to drink soup. I will get up and make you soup. Peacefully. So you say, I am married peacefully. Many people are married peacefully. And not happily. But in the garden, you will marry happily. I say you marry happily. You don't do things out of compulsion. You don't do things just to maintain peace. But you do things just because you are happy to do them. That is the plan of God for you. That is a plan of God for you. Not live peacefully. Amen. Outside of the garden, there is no trust. There is no trust. In the garden, you are relaxed. In the garden, there is trust. You see, a lot of Christian wives, when your husbands travel, you go to bed and you are asleep. You are are at peace. You don't worry your wife your husband travels your husband goes away you don't worry that he's going to meet another woman and he's going to the woman is going to do this you are at peace because you are in a garden because you know that there is a voice that commands your husband you understand that is why you are at peace but outside of the garden when there is no voice of god Every, every, every... You see, there's some women, they, they think it's out of love. It's not out of love. It's out of fear. So every 15 minutes, they are texting you. They say, FaceTime me. Let me see where you are. FaceTime you. I want to see you. I want to... I, they, they want to see where you are. There is no peace. FaceTime me. Oh, we know all the tricks. Don't we? The same thing with a man. You say, when you are in the garden, you have no fear. You have no fear. You say, I want to see your face. Show me your face. Where are you? I miss you. You don't miss it. You are afraid. You are afraid. But when you are in the garden, you relax. When you are in the garden, there is no fear. Look at the scripture in, when the voice of God, when the, the people in the home, they magnify the voice of God, there is peace. There is no fear. They are not afraid. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 first, first Peter chapter 3 and verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4. He says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of meek and quiet spirit, which is the sight of God, a great price. Verse 5, for after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. They are not afraid with any amazement. They were not afraid. Because the voice of God was upon the man. Abraham walked with God. And Abraham, God's voice, was magnified in his life. Whatever God says, that is what he will do. Now, when you have a husband like that, you are not afraid. Amen. He says, that they were not afraid with any amazement. Amen. Amen. No amazement. Sometimes, there's not been phone call for three, four, five hours, and then you are afraid. Where is he? What could he be doing? Who is he with? Who is he talking to? Who is he walking with? You are afraid. But he says, these holy women, these women, they were not afraid with any amazement. Not afraid with any amazement. Because the voice of God was magnified in that home. The voice of God. It didn't matter to Abraham how Sarah wanted a son so much. When God said, give me your son. Abraham was ready to give the son. The voice of God. Hallelujah. In the garden, the man and his wife become one flesh. The Bible says they were both naked and were not ashamed. In the garden, the man and his wife are one flesh. One flesh. Outside the garden, everyone is fighting for their own. Outside the garden. Outside the garden, they are not one flesh. What is yours is not mine. Outside of the garden. When the voice of God is magnified, the Bible says they are one flesh. Amen. Amen. But outside of garden, everyone is fighting for their own because there's lack of trust. There's lack of trust. But I want to assure you that if you are married, if you are married, you cannot receive anything from God individually. Oh yes, if you are married, there is nothing that you can receive from God individually. If you are married, you are one flesh. In the eyes of God, you are one flesh. When you come before God, He is looking at two people in one when you are married. So the wife is praying for a job, she, she wants a job, so she can show her husband that she too, she's a person. That is your goal. That is your goal. And you go on your knees and you are praying, you will never have that job. I am telling you. You will not have that job. So, in fact, when you, are, you want something, you want to pray to God, you are a married person, you want to pray to God for something, pray in the times that you are agreeing, you are, you are happy together. That you don't pray such selfish prayers. Wow. Because before God, you're supposed to be one flesh. You're supposed to be one flesh. So, selfish prayers are not answered. For couples. Your wife, you are taking secret online courses. <laughs> online courses. And you, you, you are hoping that you will pass and graduate and have a job so you will show him. You are getting ready to leave him. And so you are taking secret online courses. Taking secret agency courses. You go to agencies, and say, I'm going for a walk. And you are going for secret agency courses because you are waiting for the agency to call you to give you this and then you show him that you too you are a person. You will not you will not receive it. You will not receive it. You want me to show you? Go turn to First Peter again. First Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter three. And let's read from verse seven. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. He says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. You see, this is your grace. This you have to do. You have to, by all means, live with the wife in peace and in honor. It is for your own good, he says. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honour unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being highest together of the grace of life. You are highest together. You are. A, you are. You have the heritage together of the grace of life. So he says that your prayers be not hindered. That your prayers be not hindered. Why? Because you are highest together. You are both, you have the heritage, the heritage of blessing. You have them together. Yes, so the grace of life contains honor, the grace of life contains prosperity. You have grace of life for prosperity, but you are inherited them together. There is a grace of life for, for, for favor, but you are inherited them for, together. There is grace of life for happiness, but it is together. You say you are joint highest. If you read, read, let's look at another another version. You have another version, like the NLT or NIV. Or he says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as highest with you of the grace of of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers nothing will hinder your prayers nothing will hinder your prayers so it is in your best interest to treat them with respect it is in your best interest for the husband to treat look whatever the woman's mouth is no matter how strong the mouth is the bible says she is a weaker vessel Don't let that mouth turn your heart and make you angry and lose your grace of life. Because she can talk a lot. She's a weaker vessel. So he says, live with them with wisdom. He says, husbands, be considerate. Live with them according to wisdom. It's in your own interest that your prayers be not hindered. Because the heritage, it is a joint heritage. When you are married, it is a joint heritage. It is a joint heritage. There is a big check, a big check for prosperity. There is a big check for happiness. There is a big check for a big house. A big check for a beautiful car. There is a big check for a nice home. There is a big check for a beautiful home. There is a big check for a nice family but they are inherited together as a joint family. You cannot cash that check alone as a husband. You cannot cash that check alone as a wife. That check is a joint check and it requires two signatures to cash that check. You cannot sign your own signature alone. You cannot. You cannot. So you come. You come to the. You come to the. He says, You come to the throne of God. He says, I need a check. I need a check. I need a check. You see, you are planning that you have that check. You have it. And when I buy my car, she will see. If she will sit in the front, she will see. You see, you will never buy that car. That check needs two signatures. It requires two signatures. It is a joint signature. It says, it says Husbands, in the same way, be considerate for your own sake as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. You see, sometimes it's very difficult to treat the wife as a weaker partner. You know, because if you hear some things that they say, it's very difficult. Hey! You say, You are not weak. This one is not the weaker vessel but the Bible says no matter what is coming out from their mouth it's a weaker vessel no matter what is coming out it's a weaker vessel treat them as such treat them as such it doesn't matter how many degrees she has she is a weaker vessel for your own sake treat them with respect amen oh yes some wives, their mouths are very very strong they doesn't look like a weaker vessel but the Bible says that's a weaker vessel. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You cannot silence that man by slapping. And, but it says treat them with respect. That when you come before the Lord and you are asking for the check. We know that you have come representing two. You have come with two signatures and say, here, Lord, we need a home. Here, Lord, we need happiness. Here, Lord, we need favor. Here, Lord, my wife and I, we need a place to live. Then the signature has come. Two of you. It says, in the garden, it says, therefore shall a man leave father and mother. So you see, some of these prayers that you are praying, these selfish prayers, you know, don't tell my wife. Don't tell my wife. Don't let my husband know. You see, I'm giving you this to buy a land for me and you are building this house. Don't let my husband You will never finish the house. Oh yes, I'm telling you, you will never finish the house. You will never finish. I'm, listen, take the word of God seriously. Believe it and run with it. You are establishing a business, say ah, there are certain things we don't tell the woman, eh? don't tell her, don't tell, don't let her know. It will never prosper because no matter who she is, her signature is required on that check for you to cash it. No matter who she is. So if you have any secret agenda that your husband doesn't know, that your wife doesn't know, release it. When you go home, you say, Hey. I'm sorry. This is a thing. I have been battling with this for 15 years. I've been trying to build this thing on that. You see, you take your money to some people and they are eating your money. They are eating your money because you are building a secret building for a joint highest. Joint highest. To not prosper, it requires two signatures. And until God sees both signatures, That is why, that is why you don't marry anyone who does not magnify the voice of God. You don't marry anyone who has no respect for the voice of God. You don't marry anyone who has no honor for the voice of God. Because God cannot bless you like that. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you. The grace of life requires two signatures. And until God sees those signatures that you and your wife... You see, when you go to the bank and you are going to cash money from a joint account and they need two signatures, you have to agree. That is why the scripture says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You cannot walk together unless you agree. But when you agree, the heavens are signing the check like this. He says, Oh, the family needs a big car here. The family needs a new home here. The family needs a new apartment. The family needs a new set of furniture. The fam- Not that you are buying furniture to put in the storage, so because you are getting ready to move out. Rain will come on the storage and break all your furniture. Put your hands together for the Lord. Join highest. Join highest. Our time is up. Join highest join highs. the grace of life the grace of life desire to live in the garden desire to live in the garden in a garden there's provision in the garden there is nakedness and there is no shame there is no shame there is nothing to hide in the garden there is no shame And grateful, we thank you, Lord, that our homes are changed into a garden because we will magnify your voice, because our eyes will only be on you. Father, there is no other voice that is stronger in our home than the voice of God. Therefore, Lord, we rebuild every voice that is not of God in our homes. We rebuild every voice that rises itself against the voice of God the voice of God in our homes let the presence of God magnify itself in the name of Jesus Lord it is what you will say that we will do, it is what you instruct that we will follow it is what you direct that we will go we give you glory and honor, we magnify you Lord, we magnify you Jesus we glorify you in the name of Jesus Anna, in jesus name amen now with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here this afternoon you are not born again you are saying pastor pray with me i want to give my life to jesus i want to give my life to christ i want to welcome jesus christ into my life if that is your prayer if that is you wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you.
1: You are saying, Pastor,
0: pray with me. Help me to come to Jesus. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.